0: Welcome to Hadley Presents. I'm your host, Ricky Anger, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with the experts. In this episode, Hadley learner Sharon Noseworthy joins us to share her tips and tricks for hosting a successful gathering. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you, Ricky. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. I love how this came about. You were actually taking some Hadley workshops and giving us great feedback. And during that process, you noticed, hey, I think something might be missing, and uh, I can contribute some ideas if you're all amenable to that. And certainly we were just to have the chance to sit down with you and talk about something that I know many, many people struggle with. I do myself certainly thinking about having people into my home and making it a relaxing and fun experience. So, I'm so happy that you're here to share some tips and tricks. Before we jump into the questions, why don't we just get a little intro and tell us a bit about who you are? Well, I
1: am a lady with low vision who loved to host I was the one who liked to provide the venue for any type of gathering. I did all the family gatherings and that could be anywhere from five of us to up to 40 of us. I lost my vision or it started to, to decrease when I was in my early fifties and initially I thought, oh, I can't do this anymore. But I realized how important it is to our mental health, our physical health, to uh, socialize with others. So I found out that I can do it. I just have to take a little bit more time and do it in a smarter way.
0: So when I think about gatherings, I start to imagine, okay, I have 40 people in my house and I wish I had a bigger kitchen and, oh no, there's so much that can go wrong. And before I've even envisioned the possibility of doing this, I've talked myself out of it because it feels so big and so overwhelming. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So rather than throwing Everything into the mix and saying you're going to host a huge dinner party. Is there some way that someone who really wants to do that socializing, who wants to bring people into their home, what's the best way to kind of take that first step that's not so overwhelming?
1: First of all, be yourself. If you're casual, be casual. If you enjoy something a little bit more formal, like I do, then do what's comfortable for you. But the key there is be yourself and start off small. If you're really nervous, just invite someone in for a a coffee or tea and a cookie. And my first tip is put a napkin under those cookies on that plate uh, so they don't slip off. Once you've invited someone in for a coffee and that went well, you might invite two or three others to join you. Then after that, uh, you might want to go on to, to a small lunch with one other person. Build it up in increments, step by step by step. And once you feel comfortable, then try something new. The key to that is planning. Even if it's just a cup of coffee and a cookie, you have to plan. Do I have the sugar, the cream, the spoon, the plate? the bag of cookies, if that's what we're using, and put everything by the coffee pot or the coffee maker. I love a coffee maker because I just push a button and it's all pre-measured, which helps me to feel more comfortable. So that's what I would say, Ricky, just take it slow. So when you
0: did this, you had a lot of you know, hosting duties under your belt before you began losing vision. And then you needed to just jump in and figure out what worked so that you could continue doing that thing that you loved. Do you have some just stories that you can share about things that happened when you, you know, jumped in and figured it out and maybe things didn't go exactly as planned or just something that you learned along the way? I think I'll start off with something
1: simple, like a coaster, get rid of the coasters, and uh, use uh, a little cocktail napkins instead, because I found repeatedly, I was putting my cup on the edge of that and causing myself a problem. And along those lines, I couldn't see the, the plain glass any longer, so I saw these pretty blue long stemmed wine glasses, and I bought them and I put them on the table and uh, cited or not, those glasses were, were, were not a good idea. So now I just use a, a squatty short glass. It doesn't matter what I give other people. I have my comfort glass, as I call it. And I might prefer a red wine to a white wine, uh, cranberry juice to uh, ginger ale, for example, so that the glass is, is more visible And along those lines, I'm always looking for my cup. My friends and I are getting older and we tried the trinkets, but nobody could remember which trinket was theirs. Now we've we've created uh, paper donuts with a slit and we put our names on those paper donuts and put them around the stem of the glass. And if I lose mine, they can help me find it. I saw the most beautiful tablecloth and it had the most beautiful pattern. So I purchased it and I put it on the table only to find out that everything blended into that pattern and I couldn't yeah. see a thing. <laughs> so now I use a plain polyester cloth that can be thrown into the washer and contrast is good there too. If, if the dishes are dark and light and vice versa. Oh, I remember once I put the cloth on upside down, but the guests, they can. They didn't mention it, and I don't even think they noticed. And I think the funniest one was I had made a plan, and I didn't stick with my plan. My plan was dishes in the cupboard, we'll serve in the kitchen, and take the dishes to the table. I didn't stick with the plan. The food got put on the table. We all sat down, and the people stared at me. <laughs> dishes still in the cupboard. <laughs> I learned to make a plan and stick with it
0: as you're planning one of these things, it can be easy to uh, maybe get hung up on certain details. And it turns out that some things are really, really important that you should stick with the plan. And some things, maybe you just have something in your mind that turns out not to necessarily be true about hosting a gathering. Are there things that People tend to believe about having a successful gathering just that just turn out not to be true.
1: There's so many myths, one of them being that you have to have all your dishes matching. The fact that all of the dishes have to be porcelain no, paper plates are, are perfectly acceptable, especially in a, in a larger gathering. And uh, the fact you have to do it all yourself no. I uh, use the bakery, I use the deli, I may uh, use the pasta shop for uh, um, a lasagna, for example, or even a frozen lasagna. I will use takeout. Some of our best parties have been with takeout. Uh, We used to have a large gathering going to a restaurant, and it just got smaller and smaller groups. So one day I called someone and said, why don't we have pizza at the house? That was it huge success. The guests brought the pizza and we had a marvelous time. I also have called a couple of other friends and said, I'm really looking forward to some Chinese, but dinner for two isn't nearly as exciting as dinner for six. And again, we share the cost and we have a party. Guests like to bring food and it makes so much more sense than say a hostess gift and potlucks can be so simple and so wonderful. The other thing, real myth that I find is entertaining is expensive. Well, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. If you give me two cans of chickpeas, a can of tomatoes, and a little bit of uh, grated, we call it shaky, parmesan cheese, I can make a soup that I have served to company. The same goes with a good chili. So there there are many myths. I think we can dispel most of them.
0: And it helps so much because if there's anything to just take away from the stress of putting together a gathering like that and get you closer to the real purpose of it, which is just to get together and have fun. Are there things that are sort of universal when it comes to hosting a gathering, whether you're hosting two people or 50 people, are there things that you've found that really help you to have a successful, a successful time with it all?
1: Yes. And, and the first thing I'll say, it it goes back to taking the time to think about it and being organized. I often think of my event like a recipe I know what the outcome is gonna be. If I'm serving um, tea and, and, and a cookie, uh, I know what the event is, but I still have to think about it. Do I have the tea? Do I have the cookies? What time is the guest arriving? Uh, is everything set out the beverage area? It's all set out uh, for serving just the coffee, the creamer, the sugar, the spoon, so that I'm totally organized. Uh, If I'm having a birthday, for example, I make sure I have the uh, serviettes and uh, a birthday candle. If I'm organizing a luncheon, I'll think about it a couple of days ahead of time, groceries. I want to get those a couple of days ahead of time, whether I pick them up or someone else picks them up for me. As we know, Ricky, quite often we end up having to go back to that grocery store for something. And I make sure I have all the tools. For example, if we need a corkscrew, I've got the corkscrew. Oh, I know what I like to do is have a pile of clean dishcloths and and tea towels uh, for cleanup afterwards. I... Um, do not want a candle on my table or anywhere in my house so they're put away and on the center of my table will be a jug of water maybe with a slice or two of lemon in it and some glasses around it so that people can help themselves. I um, clear off the tables where we're going to be sitting so that I can put my things down without a problem. And my guests can put things down without a problem. If it's a larger gathering, I use Siri for the timer. I have a, a comprehensive schedule of what I'm going to do and I probably have the times written down. As a result, a Siri's in my pocket. That's what I use to expedite that process and ensure that I'm where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. I'll set the table a day ahead of time if we're we're going to be seated and wrap the cutlery in in some napkins for dessert. The dessert plates are in the cupboard with the um, pie server and the knife, et cetera. So all we have to do is open that cupboard. I'm a great believer in preparing
0: ahead of time. That's great. Yeah, just a list of things that you can do so that you're not rushing around the day of trying to do things and you're not relaxed. And so it's probably not going to be a relaxing gathering. I love the tip about setting the table way ahead of time as well, because you can put things exactly where you want them to be without... There being guests there, and you're wondering, you know, where everyone is, and if you're going to put something down in a place where there's already something else, nope, you've cleared the table, you've got it set. All of those things make perfect sense just to do them ahead of time so that you're comfortable. And I guess speaking of being comfortable, it can feel really uncomfortable for some of us to invite people into the home because there is the situation of sometimes people want to be a little too helpful when you have low vision or you're blind and you have somebody asking if you need help to find your own kitchen. And that can be a little disheartening. So do you have some tips about just staying comfortable, staying in control of your own space, you're the host. And at the same time, you know, maybe some help is welcome. So how do you manage that?
1: And again, I think that goes back to being organized and thinking things through ahead of time, recognizing what you do need help with, as you said, and uh, where you really don't want help. I'm going to include my husband in this because he gets flustered in the kitchen if there's anyone else, including me in that kitchen. So to have guests invade his space, it becomes uncomfortable for everybody. So my job is to ensure that when a guest comes to the kitchen and says, may I help you? I either firmly say no, please help yourself to a beverage or or whatever. If I need their help, which I often do with the the pre-dinner beverage, I will designate somebody to do that, please. And would you mind refreshing the guest's uh, glass? So they're quite pleased to do that. And and that takes away that responsibility. The persistent person, I keep a plate of appetizer just for that occasion. And I, I thrust it in their hands and say, would you mind passing this, please? I will also ask somebody to help me with dessert, if we go back to that pie, there is no way I'm going to cut that into eight equal pieces. I just take everything out of the cupboard. As I mentioned, it was all there. I'll either do it in the kitchen or place it on the table in front of them. And they're very happy to do that. So the key here is to designate, to keep control over the situation with a cheerful smile, be firm. (laughs) about what, where you do and do not need help.
0: Again, there's nothing more disheartening than having someone try and take control and make you feel like a stranger in your own home. So having these tips that assure that you stay in control and also make other people feel useful because they enjoy that. So um, that's perfect. As we wrap up here, I'm wondering about Kind of the overall purpose of a gathering, which is to let everyone come in, have a great time, enjoy each other's company. And it sounds like, well, of course that's what you want to do. It's maybe not obvious how to go about doing that. So, how can you ensure that you're having a gathering where there's not this silence as everyone is clicking their forks on their plates and it's uh, awkward how do you do that
1: I think we've talked a lot about food and place settings etc but I think it's a good reminder that it's not about the food it's not about the place setting it's totally about the companionship and having a common interest is the key whether that is the fact that you're familiar with each other and you're going to review your history, storytelling, et cetera, whether it's um, something new that you are, are trying together. For example, uh, we've had real success for with wine tasting. We call it uh, uh, food and wine <laughs> tasting because the more emphasis on, on the food, which which everybody just brings an appetizer of some sort. And I've since learned that you can do the same thing with tea. There are so many wonderful teas out there and and people could come and and bring their favorite tea and people could try that. The same thing could work with coffee pods, as a matter of fact, or craft beer or or cheeses. It's just your imagination with the tasting. There's also travel. And even if you aren't traveling, you can live vicariously through others who travel. And I've joined and enjoyed uh, travelogue groups. Everybody has about a half an hour to present their their last trip or the trip that they're researching. Also, uh, bird sounds, babble, uh, getting together to uh, learn a new language. I joined a group where the gentleman had a a lot of uh, learning tapes. And uh, even though I couldn't see the videos, I could hear them. And then we talked about what was in those videos afterwards. Trivia, that's also a wonderful thing. I played cards for a long time with with large print cards. And now uh, we have to use uh, electronics for me to play. And I thought, I could turn on my PC, I could turn on my iPad, two people could bring their
0: iPads and the four of us could play in my home electronically. Yeah, it's as long as everyone is together and having a great time. That's what makes a successful gathering. I love it. Sharon, I want to thank you so, so much for sharing your stories, all of your tips and making this sound like a less daunting venture and actually making it sound like a lot of fun. Do you have any last thoughts that you want to share?
1: Yes, I've I've taken a basket of ideas and thrown them out and I'm hoping somebody will gather one of them and be inspired to open their door and
0: say, "Hello. Won't you come on in?" Thank you. I love it. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Ricky, for having me here. Got something to say? Share your thoughts about this episode of Hadley Presents or make suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at hadley.edu. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at hadley.edu. Or leave us a message at 847-784-2870. Thanks for listening.